Why do people crave getting the upper hand and being in that position of power? When I was a kid growing up in Michigan, we would play a game during the winter when there was snow piled up on the side of the road as the, the snow plows would come and, and clear parking lots, pushing up the snow into one big spot. It was called King of the Mountain, and it was pretty simple. One kid tried to be on top of the mountain, the big snow pile, and push everyone else down while all the others were trying to climb up the mountain, avoid the king pushing them down and pushing him off so that they could then become king. In a way, wouldn't you say that our whole world is just full of a lot of unofficial king on the mountain games? People are trying to grab power, grab control, be the king, call the shots, and they shove everyone else down who is trying to get their power, to get their authority, to get their control. Why do people do that? It's because they want to call the shots. And really, many people, I think, are spending their time in one of two ways. They either are the king on the mountain, crushing everyone else down, trampling them, quieting them, belittling them, intimidating them, or they are trying to fight past all of that so that they can then become the king of the mountain and stay there as long as possible. One time, David was the king on the mountain for a long time as the king of the country. And he asked a question that usually had a certain path forward, but this time it was different. David asked, is there anyone in the household of Saul that I can show kindness to? Now, Saul was the one who was the king before David, and he was the one who had made David's life absolutely miserable for more than 10 years. Saul was the king on the mountain, and he shoved David down as far as he could, as fast as he could, as often as he could, even wanted to murder him time and time again. Yet God protected David, and David now was the king, and he wanted to see if there was any other relative out there in Saul's house. And so somebody knew there was a man named Mephibosheth who was lame in both feet and lived in a place called Lodabar, a very ominous location. Lodabar in Hebrew means place of nothing. And so David sent some men out there, some royal ambassadors to go to Lodabar and find Mephibosheth and bring him back to the palace. Now, what do you think Mephibosheth thought was going to happen. I'm sure he thought my life has just ended. I tried to hide out here in Lodabar where there is nothing else, but the king found me and now my time is up. But when the king had Mephibosheth stand before him in his palace, here is what he told them. Verse 7 from 2 Samuel chapter 9. Don't be afraid, David said to him. For I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Instead of punishing Mephibosheth as the last remaining ancestor of David's rival, he promised him shelter to a royal degree that he would always eat at his royal table. And what's more, since Mephibosheth was lame in both feet and couldn't work the land. David assigned a servant with a whole bunch of boys to work the land for him and then bring all the crops to Mephibosheth. He took care of him in every possible way. 
Even though Mephibosheth came to the palace expecting the worst, he received something even better than his wildest imagination. God has the upper hand on us, doesn't he? He is holy. We are sinful. God is never greedy, but we are. God is never lustful, but we are. We aren't in control on Judgment Day, but God is. And His holiness is so thorough and powerful. His holiness must punish sin. And so He's got the upper hand on us to a terrible degree. No one can stand before the holiness of God for even one second. What would God do? We might come to His royal palace have the heavenly throne on judgment day and expect the absolute worst, and we'd be right if we do. But God says, I will send a substitute. Not only did God invite us to live in his home forever, he came to earth to die the terrible death on a cross to pay for our sin. That would be like David inviting Mephibosheth to his palace, while David then went to Lodabar and laid down his life. What an astonishing gift Jesus gave when he died for the sins of the whole world, also that we could have peace with him forever, also that we could get the royal treatment on Judgment Day, that we could be treated as a son, not a slave, and not a sinful wreck. That is what God has done for us when he had the upper hand. That is what then we can do to others as we might have the upper hand in our lives. Instead of playing king on the mountain and shoving others down and trampling them and belittling them and doing anything we can to grab more and more and let others have less and less, we can show love. We can show mercy. We can say, you know what, my passion here is not to win the argument, win the soul. My passion here is not to talk and, and demand, but instead to listen and see how I can help. That any words out of my mouth aren't going to do anything except benefit the one who is going to hear them. God bless you today as you live a very different way than the rest of the world. When you have an upper hand, you use it to show love and mercy and Christian compassion instead of selfish gain. What an impact you will make as you do exactly that in your life.